A cliffhanger is when... Buffy Andrews. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. No, that beginning quote did not just skip. That is actually the quote, a cliffhanger is when. But if you can't tell what our frequently asked question is today, it is to cliffhang or not to cliffhang at the end of your book. Or anywhere in the book. We're going to talk about cliffhangers in general. Our answers are mixed. There's a lot of yes, asterisk, no, asterisk. My answer, for the most part, is no, avoid cliffhangers whenever possible. Asterisk. Is this a versus episode? I, You know what? I think it might be. Uh-oh. Because I'm kind of pro cliffhanger. No, no. Not a fan. It all depends. So, if you're not familiar with what a cliffhanger is, it is something left unanswered. There are two basic types of cliffhangers. The first one is the dangerous, life-threatening situation and end scene, or the shocking revelation end scene. Something that makes your reader go, what? I need to know what happens next. If you think about it in the most literal Lies's way possible, someone is literally hanging onto the edge of the cliff with just the fingertips, and then they're about to slide off, and then end scene. To be continued. This is a favorite plot device of episodic TV shows, of a lot of books in series, to keep the reader going. So on top of the two different types of cliffhangers, there are two different places to put cliffhangers. One is better than the other, even I have to admit that. Cliffhangers can be good if used in the right places. Like every bit of advice, every tool that we present to you, learn the rules and use them well. There is a bad way to use a hammer if you're trying to get a screw into the board. Learning your tools and using them well is how you develop skill in whatever your art is. The first placement of a cliffhanger we're going to discuss is at the end of your chapters. This is part of why when I write my book, I don't chapter it right away. I'll do scenes so that when I go back and choose to chapter, I can have those good cliffhangers by putting them in the right places. I believe it was Anne Rice who put tiny nano cliffhangers at the end of every page. So when the publishers reformatted the book and sent it off into the world, it didn't do well. Because they reformatted and those phrases were no longer at the end of the page. Once they went back to her original formatting, it took off. And those little cliffhangers are just making your audience ask a question. The danger with a chapter end, like we talked about last month, is that ending a chapter gives the reader a chance to put down the book. So by creating a cliffhanger... At the end of that chapter, you are creating a reason for the reader to keep going. So you don't want to end every chapter with a dangerous life-threatening situation or a shocking revelation. Your book's just going to get really tedious that way. It gets exhausting. 
at that point, your reader knows that every chapter break is a chance to put it down. You're back at square one while trying to avoid the whole issue. So be careful about overusing these cliffhangers. But if you want to create a cliffhanger at the end of your chapters, there's a couple points of advice from author Dan Brown. The first thing he suggests is to take the last few paragraphs, the last part of a scene, and put it in the next chapter. This is what I talked about when I said how I chapter my books. I divide my scenes into different chapters if that's about where it needs to fit, just to give the reader a reason to turn the page. Just to know a little bit more. Of course, section breaks are a good time for that when you're changing scenes from one location to another or one character's point of view to another. But having a cliffhanger at the end of your scenes even is a good way to get them to continue reading at least to the end of the chapter. So this character is in a completely different location than the next one. So we might not care about the second character as much, but we need to get through that in order to learn more about the first character. So Brandon Sanderson does this a lot, I've noticed. He will have a scene from one character's point of view, end it on a, oh no, cliffhanger, and then go to a different character in an entirely different setting to finally resolve the cliffhanger that we saw three scenes ago. And it's such a masterful way to keep the reader going. Another way to accomplish cliffhangers in chapters is to include surprises, things that your reader never expected. So all of a sudden, your character realizes there's a spy among the mix. Somebody is telling the bad guy what they're up to. Scene break. This goes to that shocking revelation kind of plot device cliffhanger. And of course, we can't show the character's face and then the silhouette of the bad guy like they do in horror movies. But there is a way you can get that same flavor. And generally, that's with short sentences in super close details on something. This provides a sense of lurking danger, something waiting, something watching. This is partly in formatting as well, because not only short sentences, but single sentence paragraphs to help lead the reader. This is not fully a cliffhanger. It can lead to a full cliffhanger. But again, it's that same kind of idea of leading the reader to continue. So I think overall we're in agreement. Cliffhangers in moderation on the inside of your book will help your reader continue. Yes. Cliffhangers in moderation at scene breaks, chapter breaks, those are good things used correctly. However, when people think of a cliffhanger, they don't often think about the middle of the book. They think about the part of the book that if they finish it with the cliffhanger, they're not going to get their answer for a year or more. These are the end of the book cliffhangers. And I like them sometimes. Nope, don't like them. These are very dangerous to use if you don't use them well. Most of the books I read are independent. They're episodic. You can read any of the Jack Reacher books out of order. It doesn't matter. If you have a cliffhanger and you're designing a series like that, you're in trouble because then they have to read this particular next book. It's not whatever Jack Reacher book I have on my shelf at the moment, whatever one my friend's going to lend me next. It has to be the next book in the series. 
if you are writing a serial series where one book directly leads into the other, which directly leads into the other, it's not quite so bad to have a cliffhanger at the end of the book. There's a lot of buts in this. The first key point to this, if you're going to have a cliffhanger, it cannot, and this is, I'm going to say, a hard and fast rule, it cannot be a cliffhanger of the main plot line of the main problem introduced in that book. If you absolutely must, it should be a yes, but. Yes, we solve the problem. The bad guy is destroyed. No more apocalypse, but we destroyed half of the country in the process. You can introduce a new problem at the end that creates that cliffhanger. But that problem that the readers have been following and anxious over and hoping gets solved, if you leave that on a cliffhanger, your readers are not going to be happy. They are going to be very unsatisfied. We've said it before. The simplest definition of a story is a problem and solution. If you don't have the solution to the problem in your book, it is not a book. It is not a story. It is a series of events. So solving that problem is your key to making sure your reader feels satisfied at the end. Another thing that you need to make sure is that if you are going to end something on a cliffhanger, that next book needs to be written already. Otherwise, you may never pick it up again. You may never publish it. And you just left all those readers that you did have with nothing. And if it is your first book, if you are brand new author publishing your first creation, never end it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, career-wise, that's not a good move because you don't know enough about yourself in the process yet. You haven't experienced enough of it to know that you're going to come back and write the next one and leave that fulfilling. You can have a, they rode off into the sunset and more stuff could happen because you want the story to be a small part of your main character's lives. Unless, of course, they die at the end, in which case this is not a relevant conversation. Leaving an opportunity for a sequel? Great. That's not necessarily a cliffhanger if they're riding off into the sunset. So to cliffhang or not to cliffhang? No. Yes? (laughs) Just make sure the book is satisfying. Make sure the ending fulfills those desires of the readers so that they can put the book down at the end and say, yes, I am happy with how that ended. And you are your own first reader in a lot of these cases. So are you satisfied with the ending? Yes, you probably want to know what happens next with your next characters and blah, 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 how they continue and survive on their lives. But would you be satisfied leaving it off here? In your reading, you'll see it in your favorite stuff, but also in your writing, make sure you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 